What if I told you that sometime in, in the next, for anywhere from 10 to 60 or 70 years, we, maybe for some of you 80 or 90, but we had conclusive proof. We knew 100% that the community in which you lived would no longer speak English. That English wouldn't even be uh, discussed or known broadly in that community. And that there would be a new language that would entirely replace it. What would you do? My guess is you would start learning that language. Uh, and my guess is that some people like me who have trouble learning foreign languages uh, would sit there and go, God help, help. But I'm guessing you would start learning it. Well, I want to tell you that's actually true. It's the case. Some, somewhere between 10 and 90 years from now, for, for most of us, uh, we're no longer going to live in the kingdom of earth. We're going to live in the kingdom of heaven. And in the kingdom of heaven, they're not going to speak English. They're going to speak the language of prayer. So it's important for us to begin learning that language now. As we look this Lent leading up till Easter at how Jesus moved uh, from uh, ministry in small towns where he was safe and popular. Uh, but he went to the big city. He went to Jerusalem even though it was dangerous because he knew it was there. He had his most direct witness to God's glory, grace, and goodness that he had to give even though it meant risking his, his life. One of the things he does along the way is he teaches his disciples how to pray. And prayer doesn't always come easy for us, but, but no language comes easy. Uh, we spend years learning our language of origin as, as kids. Uh, we spend years then learning how to actually communicate well with other people, how other people communicate with us. In 1992, Gary Chapman published what is now the most influential book on relationships of the last 30 years. It's called The Five Love Languages. You, you may have read it. It's helpful uh, for relationships among spouses. It's helpful for relationships with kids, with, with friends. It talks about the different ways we express love and affection for each other, right? And often when we're trying to learn a language to, to express this, uh, it's tough for us because we tend to be pretty good at following the golden rule, doing to others as you would have them do to you. The question is, uh, maybe you should do unto others as they would have you do unto them. Because some of us have different love languages. Like one love language is words of affirmation. Another is acts of service. And you might sit there and tell somebody that they're awesome and wonderful all day long and all they're thinking is, why won't you ever unload the dishwasher? Will you just do that once for me before I die? You, you know, you, you need to know what, what language they're speaking to, to really be able to appreciate it. A couple years ago, I had the honor and the privilege of being the adult selected to take a group of nine and ten-year-old boys to the movies. And I took them to this movie and it had aliens. And the aliens were coming in in their starships and invading Earth. And, and the humans, uh, all the nations of the Earth were trying to learn to work together. And they had all these different people from different air forces that were flying these planes and shooting missiles at, at the aliens. And I, I want to tell you about that movie. I, I won't mention its name to protect the innocent. Um, but like the plot was entirely predictable. I, I knew everything that was going to happen uh, before the actors and actresses knew it was going to happen. There was zero character development. I mean, literal zero. Uh, the dialogue was very stunted uh, and uh, was, was, was not super engaging. Uh, and uh, there were a lot of missiles and bombs. 
that went off. And I came home and what my wife asked me, how, how was the movie? And I told her, I said, predictable plot, no character development, disappointing dialogue, lots of action. And she said, I bet they loved it. And you're like, I'm like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> that, that movie got to have a sequel because so many loved it. Because it was speaking their language, right? It was speaking the nine and 10 year old uh, boy language and it was speaking it f absolutely fluently. Um, you gotta know the language. Prayer is the language God has given us. Prayer is the language of heaven. Prayer is the language God has given us to be in direct contact with our creator. We've got to learn it. Uh, that's why here at Concord United Methodist, we encourage everyone to read the Bible and pray every day. Think of the Bible as a textbook for learning the language of prayer. And prayer is your chance to practice. If you were going to learn a foreign language, the best way to do it, you'd find a way to speak it every day, right? That's how you do it. And uh, we have a Bible reading plan that's going to give you a manageable amount every day. You can find that at our information center, a printout. You can find it at concordunited.org Bible. There at concordunited.org Bible, you can also find a daily devotion that will help you uh, move deeper in your understanding of the scripture you've read and also give you a focus for your prayers. You can find that in email form or podcast form. I encourage you to, to begin learning every day. Because what we find uh, is that everyone was created to pray, but no one was created to know how to pray, right? No one was created knowing how. We, we have to learn that on our own. And often, uh, we have this idea that we should just somehow know. Because most people in our culture actually think prayer is a good thing. Uh, even though there's all these news reports about our culture becoming secular, I, it, it seems like almost everyone, even secular people, uh, ag agree with prayer. Now, they don't always call it prayer. Sometimes they call it mindfulness. And mindfulness has been, become such a thing that now, did you know Apple on their like phones and stuff? Like, you don't even have to put it on your phone. They put a mindfulness app on your phone for you. And it, it's amazing how this mindfulness app, uh, like, you know, every morning I like to get up, I, I, I like to go work out, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, my, my blood pressure gets up, and it, it starts beeping me. Now would be a good time to be mindful. And I'm like, right now I have a bunch of metal plates suspended above my chest. I don't want to be mindful. I, I want to push it off of me. And I, I want to um, pretend that I'm pushing almost as much off of me as the guy next to me uh, who's, who looks like he was a Division I athlete. But th they admit it's important. If you are familiar with 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous that have become so important for so many different groups uh, and, and really are such a great summation of, of what it means to, to be a person of faith, um, what's one of the steps is uh, to seek daily conscious contact with God. Like, like that, that's, 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 that's prayer. It's, it's, it's agreed. It's, it's good. But we're not often taught how. And so we can end up feeling literally like we're just chasing our tails. We, we can feel like we're trying. But I, I had a friend and he, he was an elementary school teacher. He taught fifth graders. Young man moved into town and he, he moved in uh, from Mexico. He, he didn't speak a lick of English. All he spoke uh, was Spanish. And one of the boys in the class who was high on the empathy chart, uh, but maybe not as high on the common sense chart, um, decided that he was going to be this guy's friend. 
and he was going to speak Spanish to make this uh, young man feel more at home. Uh, however, the way in which this young man attempted to speak Spanish to his new friend was because Spanish sounded like gibberish to him, he just spoke gibberish back and assumed that the other boy would understand what he meant. His teacher had to pull him aside and say, that's not how foreign languages work. Uh, okay, that's how it can feel to us sometimes in prayer. Like, are, am, is this really making a difference? Is it just gibberish? Uh, I remember when I was a teenager, uh, I'd always prayed before I went to bed. And it's important to have a, a daily prayer time. My prayer time was before I went to bed. I was a good Methodist. Some of you grew up Methodist. I used the upper room devotion, right? I'd do that, but before I went to bed. And then I noticed this consistent theme in my prayers is, I, I, I was, by that point, I was at the age where uh, my parents no longer said goodnight to me. They just said, don't bother us anymore. Uh, the, this evening and I'd go to my room and my bed was like yay high and I'd get on my knees and I'd put my hands on my bed and I'd go like this to pray and then I'd wake up 45 minutes later like this with drool coming all, all the way down. And I was like, I, I might, I, that's when I became a morning prayer. Uh, I, I learned that the evening praying wasn't, wasn't working well for me and my knees were really sore from being on them that long for, for 45 minutes sometimes. Well, uh, as... <laughs> As we think about how it can feel sometimes uh, for us, as we're, we're trying to figure out, how, how do I even do, do this? Uh, a member of our church recently sent me a video, uh, and there was this creature in her driveway. And uh, watching this creature really spoke to me about how sometimes we feel when we're trying to pray on our own and just figure it out for ourselves. Take a look. There it goes. It's still going. <laughs> It's not stopping. It's just going. I want to let you know, for, for your consumption, because I care about you, I cut that video down to seven seconds. That video was two minutes long of that mouse just going around and around. And occasionally it would stop and catch its breath, and then it would just start, it, start again. And it really thought it was chasing some other mouse, I think. Uh, and in fact, after those two minutes are done, it's not that the mouse quit, it's that our church member got tired of filming and turned the camera off. That mouse was just going and going and going. Sometimes that's how we feel. We say, is prayer really making a difference? Is God really hearing it? Is, is God really speaking to me? Or, or am I just chasing my tail? What's going on? Well, if you've ever felt that way, you're, you're not alone. In the Bible, most of what Jesus teaches we actually, uh, he just decides, hey, this is what you need to know because he knows that stuff. Prayer is one of those things that finally his disciples are like, no, no, no. Jesus, like, teach us to pray. Like, we need you to teach us to pray. We're not sure. We've seen you do it. We've seen that you pray in public. We've seen that you take time away by yourself to pray. We've heard you pray. We, we, we need help. Show us how to pray. And we've got a record of that in Luke 11. I want to share it with you, beginning with verse 1. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. And do not bring us to the time of trial. He, he showed him how to pray. And in his response, we learned something. 
uh, what we learn is that there are two ways that we learn to pray. We learn to pray through imitation and recitation. Imitation. Jesus, how did you do it? Jesus, you took time away by yourself just to focus and pray. Jesus, you also prayed in public. Those must be ways you want us to pray. And then recitation. Jesus gives them the words. The first thing that when they say teach us to pray, Jesus doesn't give a lecture on the purpose of prayer, on exactly how it works. Jesus just gives them words to say. And I can tell you that we're all beginners at prayer. None of us are entirely fluent. We're, we're all beginners. One of the most helpful ways I know to pray is to recite the words of the Lord's Prayer. And I know some people say, well, you should just pray your own words. You should pray your own words a lot. But when Jesus was asked how to pray, he gave us these words. And one way that I've been praying every day for about 20 years now is to recite the Lord's Prayer, but not just to recite it, because I get it. If all you do is go through the words and you don't ever think about the meaning, I mean, I think God likes that you took the time to go through the words, but I don't really think you're having the, your experience of the transformative power of prayer like you could, like we were created to. Uh, when, when I pray the Lord's Prayer, what I do is I take it phrase by phrase and I think about what it means so I can add in my own words. So each morning when I pray, I pray, our Father. And then I think how good it is that God is our loving parent. I think about how much I love my children and how I'd do anything for them. And I think about, I, I tell God, thank you, that God loves me infinitely more than that, even though I can't conceive it. And then I pray, who art in heaven? And I thank God for God's eternal promise that God's created a place for us in heaven. And what God wants for us is eternity in glory with him in, in heaven. And that now we can know through God a little bit of the glory of heaven so that maybe our lives can reflect a little bit of heaven while we're here on earth. And I, I give God thanks for that. And I ask God, God help me live as a citizen of king, the kingdom of heaven as long as I'm a citizen also of the kingdom of earth. And then I say, hallowed be your name. And I remember that God's most intimate name that we've been given is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I thank God that God is creator. I thank God uh, for all the marvelous ways this world's created. Uh, and I thank God that, that God is also the Son, the Redeemer, uh, who came and lived among us. That God wasn't above dealing uh, with, with our mess. And that God was willing to sacrifice himself that we might know him. And then I think about how God is Holy Spirit. That God is literally with us right now. And I ask God to help me be in tune uh, and help me feel that presence and, and listen to that presence of, of the, the Holy Spirit. And I pray, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I remember how often I'm focused on my will, not thy will. And I say, God, if, if there's anything you could do today, help me to focus on your will, not my own. Uh, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The next one is give us our day, this day our daily bread. And whenever I pray that, I say, God, I have a lot of needs and I have a lot of wants. And a lot of times I mistake my wants for needs. So God, I'm going to trust you today to take care of my needs. And God, when I have wants today that aren't fulfilled, uh, help me understand that they're wants. And help me know the difference between wants and needs. Because your son taught us to pray for our daily bread, what we needed for today. And taught us to trust you that you'll provide what we need for tomorrow as well. Forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. Or in other language, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. I, I, pray, I pray this phrase. And I pray, God, forgive me. God, for the things I've done that I should not have done. For the things I have not done that I should have done. For the evil, mean-spirited thoughts that I've allowed to live rent-free inside my head. God, forgive me. And then I think about the people I need to forgive. And I recognize that on the basis of this prayer, what Jesus is telling us is that my ability to accept God's forgiveness has everything to do with my willingness to forgive others. And so I say, God, forgive them. And don't just forgive them, but bless them. Pour out your blessings abundantly upon them. Bless them more than, than they could ever ask or imagine or, or deserve. And then I pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I recognize that we all have our own temptations. And I have mine. We all have our own weaknesses. And, and I have mine. And I say, God, those things that are constantly difficult for me, that are constantly tempting. God, if you could, uh, would you don't let me be tempted by them today. Uh, I, I remember... Uh, from Greek mythology. Some of you uh, read that when you were in high school. Well, the one famous story is of this man named uh, Odysseus, and he travels uh, all around the world, and he has to go past this island, and it's called the Island of Sirens. And what the sirens do is they sing this real pretty song, and it causes boats to go towards their island because they're attracted to the song, and then they shipwreck on rocks, and they all die. Uh, it's, it's, it's really nice, right? Um, <laughs> so... At, at, at any rate, the, uh, the Odysseus, when he goes by, he ties himself to the mast of the ship uh, and he, he, he unstops his ears so he can hear, but he, he, can't, he can't go towards the island because he's tied down. And, and then other, another safe way that he forces his sailors to do is he forces them to stop their ears with wax so that they can't hear it. They have to be physically prevented from going there. Uh, sometimes that's important in temptation. Say, God, teach me to physically prevent myself from things I can't resist. Uh, but there's a deeper level, too. There's another man in Greek mythology, and he was the greatest musician um, of, 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 of Greek uh, mytho mythology. And when he went past the island of the sirens, he didn't stop up his ears, and he didn't tie himself to the mast. He just went past. And they said, how, how, how did you survive? And he said, I wasn't attracted to their music. I can make better on my own. Uh, well, uh, I say, God, ultimately what I want is that for you to show me your glory and your goodness in such a way uh, that those things that are tempting, that they're no longer tempting. Uh, not just because I have the willpower to white knuckle it and not do them, but because you've shown me something that's so much greater and so much more glorious. And I recognize my own weakness uh, that sometimes I need to physically remove myself from temptation. But what I want you to be doing at the same time in my heart is cre showing me uh, such goodness uh, that the mean-spirited things of this world aren't tempting anymore because I've seen something so, so much, much better. And God, I, I recognize that there's evil in this world and I recognize that it's greater than me, uh, but it's not greater than you. And I ask you to show me how to walk through those seasons uh, when I encounter it face, face to face. Uh, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory Whenever I say thine is the kingdom, I remember, God, that this whole world is yours, uh, that you don't just own certain parts of this world, that you don't care about just certain people, but, but it's all yours.
And when I say yours is the power, I'm reminded uh, that you were the one uh, who built up Mount Everest and you were the one who dug the deepest trenches in the ocean and you were the one who put stars billions of light years apart in the sky and you're also the one who knows every hair on my head you know which hairs are brown and which hairs are gray and you you Lord uh, know every thought in my heart before I even have it Uh, that that's your power and then your glory your glory that you'd send your son to live among us and to die for us And God, if you would, would you let the sacrificial love that I've seen in him, would you somehow, some way let that live in me? And would you somehow, some way let me share that with others? Amen. That's a great way to pray through the the Lord's prayer. That's a great way to pray. If I I would share with you, if you're praying on your own and there's another uh, prayer device that's based on the Lord's prayer, you may have heard of it. It's, It's just a summary of the Lord's prayer. It's called Acts adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication that uh, if you're praying on your own with your own words begin with adoration thanking God for how good God is move to confession asking for God's forgiveness then thanksgiving thanking God for the blessings in your life and finally supplication asking for those things you need and and even those things uh, that that you want it's a wonderful way to do it for years I didn't like teaching the acts model of prayer because I'd heard it so much I thought it was kind of a cliche and so I sat down to create a a better model and I couldn't Uh, so I just had to say God forgive me for my pride whoever did this I don't know who it was I think it's kind of anonymous they did a really good job God I think you were in on that and it's really easy to remember and we should all learn it so so now so now I teach it well there's a little more Jesus says about prayer after he taught people how to do it Then he told them how it worked. He taught them how to do it first. He said, you don't have to understand it all for it to work. Just go ahead and start doing it. Now I'm going to teach you how it works. And we're going to pick up right after he gets done with the Lord's Prayer uh, with uh, verse Uh, 5. He says this. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, Ask, it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if your child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Perseverance in prayer. That's what Jesus is talking about, like really, really praying and uh, praying consistently for those things you, you really need. And God, God knows when you do that. And I want to tell you that I honestly believe if we are persistent and keep going to God in prayer, I believe that prayer changes things and I believe prayer changes us. I don't believe it's one or the other. I do believe sometimes God physically answers prayer and I do believe that even when God's answer is no or when God's answer is wait and that God uses that prayer to change us. And I believe God knows especially when we pray with all our hearts. You know, there there are different ways of praying. Uh, Used to, uh, every year at Christmas, 
I, I would take my kids and, you know, I'd, I'd take them each individually and we would go so they could buy gifts for the other kids. And it meant we had to walk through the toy aisle. And, and I had one kid and he would often go stop for a minute and I'd see him going, please God, get me the Star Wars Legos for Christmas. Please God, I'd like that. I'm in. You know, and, and we'd go to the next aisle. Some of you might be, you know, we call that in church, name it and claim it. God, I'm claiming your promise. I'd like you to deliver this into my hands. Um, I'm not, that's, that's a sweet type of prayer. I, I, I was genuinely encouraged that my, my son knew how to pray. Um, I, God didn't answer all of those prayers. Uh, but when we really pray and we really come before God consistently, God knows when we're praying from the depth of our, our heart. God says when we seek him with all our hearts, uh, we will find him. Uh, prayer does change things. I, just yesterday, I had someone tell me about the experience of, of a lady uh, in, in their church uh, across town. And this lady was a single mom, and she wasn't getting a lot of help. Life was really difficult. Uh, she had three boys and she was trying to help their lives be normal, but every month it was very hard for her to make ends meet. And if you've ever been in that situation where you're, you don't have enough, you're not sure you're going to have enough, how, you're going to have to hustle every month to, to have enough finances for your family, you know it just grinds on you. It is just this grinding anxiety. It is this gray cloud you, you have so much trouble getting out of. And one day, she, got, she was trying to give her boys a normal childhood. She was letting them play in the local baseball league. Two of them had a game in the morning. One of them had a game in the afternoon. They weren't going to be able to come home that day for, for lunch between the games. She, ha she hadn't gotten up early enough. She'd forgotten to pack lunch. They get out the door, and she realizes she does not have enough money to buy them a hamburger between the games. And she says she's, she's, just, dev you know, she, she's just devastated. And she just begins silently praying to God. I'm saying, God, I just need your help. God, I don't know how I'm going to keep doing this. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to raise these boys. God, I just don't know. God, I just need your help. I just need you to provide. And they go down the road, uh, and they're behind a pickup truck. And suddenly some, some papers start blowing out of the pickup truck. And she's trying to swerve and switch lanes to, to get away from them until one of her boys starts yelling at her. He's like, stop the car, Mom. Stop the car. And she's like, Why? She's like, we've got to get to your game. He's like, stop the car, mom. That's money coming out of that truck. She stopped the car. She picked up a grocery bag full of money. And a V, not, not somebody else's credit card, a Visa, like, check card. Like, a Visa cash card. And she, the truck had gone on. She didn't get its license plate. But, I mean, amazingly, she didn't even take a commission for herself. She went to the bank. She took her bag. She said, I found all this cash in this Visa card. W legally, what am I supposed to do with it? And they said, it's found money. It's yours. It, legally, it's, it's, it, it, it's yours. I mean, I, like, I want you to think, as a pastor, I'm a good person. I would have gone ahead and bought some hamburgers with that money, right? She went straight to the bank. And she said, I just knew after that. I just knew God's, God's just going to provide. I do believe sometimes that stuff happens. I can't explain it. I'm not God. I also know when we pray, God changes us, right? When you learn a foreign language, if you learn it well enough, you will start thinking in that language. If you learn the language of prayer well enough, you will start thinking. It will subconsciously, the ways of God will become more and more your ways. When you learn a language, the amazing thing happens. 
people who learn foreign languages that are from different cultures, they actually will begin uh, to value values from that culture of the language that they learned that might not have been big values in the culture that they came from. That's what language will do for us. That's what prayer does for us. It helps us into our lives value the values of the kingdom of heaven. It helps us think in the language of God. And so friends, what I want to leave you with today is simply this. If you want to get better at prayer, pray often. Do it every day. Do it at the same time every day. And trust that God will use that to change things and to change you. And I'd like to now invite you to pray with me the words that Christ first taught his disciples. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.